Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very special program to talk about. First of all, one of the things that I always talk about is the problem that Democrats have in creating a cohesive, a coherent narrative that explains the, the, the totality of the policies supported by the party. Uh, there, for some reason, it doesn't get done well. Well, let me tell you. Uh, Ted, one of the people, before, before I get started, let's, let's do it this way. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Colby Wright and Ted Weisgall, two solid Democrats in, uh, in Harris County that have done a whole lot of work to present exactly what in their, not their opinion, but what the data says about what Democrats bring to the table. Welcome aboard, Colby. Hello. Thank you for having me. And welcome aboard, Ted. Thank you. It's not just what the Democrats bring to the table. It's what the Republicans bring as well. Well, <laughs> I, you know, let's let's frame that later on. But I know exactly what you mean by that. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Anyhow, so you you created a document uh, that I, I that you started doing a lot of research for uh, Colby called and you called it the foundation of our democracy. I think Ed played a, I mean, Ted played a very important role in 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 you know putting it in making sure the data was not data was good but all this stuff was put together well. Why don't you tell me why what was the genesis of you creating this document, uh, Colby? Okay. Uh, well, uh, Ted and I uh, met each other uh, only a, a few months ago. We went to a, uh, a volunteer event where uh, there was a, a PAC that wanted to get feedback from volunteers in last year's election. So I spoke my grievances and Ted spoke his. And then we spoke with each other after the event and decided that um, something's wrong in the messaging and something's wrong in the approach. So I, I said, well, we just need to really look at the data because there's no better way to prove that Democrats have effective policies than the outcomes. So uh, we got together and we uh, analyzed the results of the 2020 presidential election and the 2020 census and uh, crunched some numbers to figure out where the obvious differences are in uh, policies and outcomes. Now, Ted, uh, you've been working within the Democratic Party for a long time. You've been complaining within the Democratic Party for a very long time as far as uh, creating uh, creating structures that can, act, that can actually reach the people. Uh, were you satisfied, first of all, with the result of this joint effort between you and Colby? Well, it's a work in progress, but so far it's been phenomenal. The response what we've do you gotten mean by it's a work in progress? people. We are using this document. We've printed a hundred no, we've printed eleven hundred copies of an eight-page document. And this Saturday, uh, we are going to be distributing it throughout uh the Houston area, starting in the Montrose, and we're hopefully going to get people on board to help us with this effort, uh, as well as our primary goal, which is 
to convince people that the Democrats have better policies than the Republicans do. Um, you, I noticed you said to convince them. You know, I was on a radio show a couple of days ago on my show, Politics Done Right, and one of the, the we get right wing callers, and one of the right wing callers said, uh, "You don't, you shouldn't have to try to convince me of anything. It's not about convincing me; it's about proving to me." And Colby, I think what those numbers did was exactly that. So why don't we go through? some of what you found in your research with regards to uh, democratic policy and Republican policy. Okay, uh, well, our, our first page of data focuses on the economy uh, and we have it uh, broken down into three charts. Uh, the first one is gross domestic product per capita. So, you know, how much each person uh, in that, in those states on average is uh, bringing to the table. And we found that the uh, average GDP is $8,900 higher in democratic states than in Republican states, which is a 13.2% uh, difference. Now, that, that is interesting because that actually, there's something that you said initially, and you said outcomes, if, if you really want to study policy, what you should study is outcomes, outcome over time. And I think you've also found that this isn't something new. This is, in other words, this isn't just for one year. This is over several years, right? Well, the data that we pulled for this uh, is a snapshot of 2020. Uh, uh -huh. I, I found the timing of the election and the timing of the census to be pretty good for number crunching. Right. But I, I'm sure this is consistent, though, over time. Uh, it'd be interesting to look at that. Yeah. And actually, the, the, I, I asked that question knowing the answer. And that is the, the, this. This has been consistent over from from the 19 from the time I started looking at it from since Reaganomics. What we've what we've had is whenever we, we instituted policies from the right, we got a decline in income. We got a decline in a whole lot of different things. And whenever we instituted these other policies that came about. What else did you find? Uh, well, uh, we also found that uh, the poverty rate is uh, higher in Republican states than Democratic states. Uh, so Democratic states have an average of 10.9% poverty rate, and Republican states have a 12.9%. Um, so doing the math, it's 18.3% higher in Republican states than in Democratic states. And what that tells you, uh, what, go ahead, uh, go ahead, um, Ted. You, know, you mentioned Reaganomics, and one of the things that might Ted, illustrate please in the middle of the screen, Ted. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that might illustrate Reaganomics was the cost of college tuition. It's not in this document, but for your listeners, when I was in college in California. As a freshman and sophomore at a community college, my tuition was $6.50 a semester. When Reagan came into power, I think one of his goals was to get people to go through college quickly. They didn't want people getting involved in anti-Vietnam War protests and other things like that. And as a result, the uh, tuition fee 
just went through the roof. Uh, this was done under Ronald Reagan, and it has been continued under the Republican Party. And I guess the Democrats have had to suffer with it as well, even though Biden right now is trying to give college students relief from their student debt. But back then, the Republicans really laid it on the uh, college students, and it's been horrible ever since. That's part of the economy and the kinds of things that we want to illustrate. You know, um, and that is very good point. Uh, when I when I came to the United States and um, I paid forty dollars a semester hour as a foreign student, then when I became naturalized, I paid or, or got my residency. I paid four dollars a semester hour to go to school. My daughter went to the same university that I went to, and her cost was over ten times what my cost was. So I mean. That tells you something about uh, about what the Reaganomics and these types of right wing policies have brought forth to us. In other words, I've moved moved the monies across from uh, the burden across from the corporations to the people. Um, you found out something about dependency score, and I think that that is actually very. I I think that needs to be harped on because many times uh, Republican politicians would like to tell folks. They are independent, would like to tell folks they want small government, but everything that they do is completely anathema to that reality. Go ahead and tell me about that. Okay, yeah, the federal dependency score. So this was a, a, a number uh, crunched by somebody else, a Wallet Hub. I sourced them. Uh, so what the federal dependency score is, is um, it's an equation that, that looks at how much uh, a state gives in taxes to the federal government uh, versus how much they receive from the federal government through uh, funding, jobs, uh, and, and, and it just compares how much they give versus how much they take. And uh, on average, the Democratic states are the givers and the Republican states are the takers. Uh, we found that of the 25 states most dependent on the federal government, 16 of those were Republican. And the average federal dependency score is 42% higher in Republican states than in Democratic states. Now, so that is even within the, the error, the, what do you call it, the, the error rate? In other words, oh, the margin it, of it, error. The margin of error. It's not even within the margin of error. And, and that is what's so, uh, so disingenuous about what Republican politicians push. Oh, we believe in small government. Oh, we don't want the government to do X, Y, Z. But suddenly it turns out that their people are more dependent on the government and specifically blue states than anyone else. Uh, you found out things like uh, you, you did some research on insurance rates and life expectancy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. For healthcare, uh, we learned that Texas is dead last when it comes to uh, people being insured. 18% uh, of Texans are uninsured. Um, but um, so that means our insured rate is 82%. Democrats on average, their states were 93.6% average, making just making Texas look so embarrassing. Uh, and Republican states uh, were slightly worse than Democrat, uh, 90%. But, um, you know, it makes me wonder if Texas was not part of the equation, would, would Republican states look a little bit more like Democratic states? It is amazing, isn't it? 
right? Uh, we were really dragging them down. Uh, and then life expectancy, you know, when you, when you look at them uh, side by side, uh, the average life expectancy in a Democratic state is 77.7 years and a Republican state 75.5, which that's only a two-year difference. That's not a huge difference. But when you set an arbitrary uh, number such as 77 years old, um, and you find that 81% of states with a life expectancy above 77 vote Democrat, and 69% of states with a life expectancy below 77 voted Republican. I, you know, I, I, I think two years is a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> I don't know about, maybe because you're young, you're very young, that doesn't seem, but an extra two years is a lot, you know, you can see your grandkids, you can do a whole lot with those other that those other two years. You were about to say something, Ted. Yeah, we didn't sense sensational, we didn't sensationalize, try to say that word three times. We didn't want to sensationalize this, but it's a death sentence. We're telling people that if you live in a Republican state, you are gonna die about two years and two months sooner than if you live in a democratic state. That's horrible. And that's what right. I want to say. I'd like to push back on you. I don't, I, when you said you don't want to sensationalize, now you have me not being able to say the word. You don't want to sensationalize, whatever. You don't want to do that. Hey, Colby, help me here. How do you say the word? Sensationalize sensationalize. You don't want to sensationalize the issue. I think uh, I was going to talk about this a little bit later because I love this document so much. I wrote a little blog piece about it. And what I said about the document is the one thing that this document is going to need going further is how to create the narrative to touch the people who you want to touch. And exactly what you said there, uh, Ted, is something that I think needs to be done. I think it needs to be said that Let's give an example here in Texas. We, even after this session, when there are people dying in Texas, we decided not to accept the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act yet again, which puts over several hundred Texans now will die because they don't have health care. Sensationalizing it, I think it's now apropos that that is done so that it can actually touch people. What else did you find, uh, uh, Colby? Uh, well, uh, one more statistic uh, related to healthcare uh, was the teen birth rate, where uh, Texas kind of stands out. Uh, we rank uh, 41st out of 50, which is not something you want to brag about, um, with 20.3 teen births per 100,000 people. Uh, meanwhile, the average Democratic state has uh, almost half that at uh, 10.6 uh, teen births per 100,000 people. Uh, and then Republican states, on average, are still pretty high, though, 17.9, uh, which is much closer to Texas's number. So it is uh, the teen birth rate is 69 percent higher in Republican states than in Democratic states. So wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me, Colby, that the states that like to prove that they're more moral, the states that like to prove that, you know, they believe in, uh, you know, maybe the sanctity of marriage and all these things, that somehow the blue evil states are doing almost twice as good. Are you really saying that? 
Well, uh, look at Lauren Boebert, <laughs> 36-year-old <laughs> grandmother who's now divorced. Um, yeah. Yeah, family values, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't like to cast too many stones, but yes, I got to say that uh, it, it seems very hypocritical on their part to say that they are pro-life when uh, the life expectancy is shorter and um, the teen birth rate is so high. And we know that uh, Republicans in general don't favor programs to assist those young mothers. Now, let's talk hey, a little Rachel. bit about that. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, at the bottom of each of these boxes, there are Democratic and Republican policies. And in the teen birth rate, uh, example, one of the policies of the Democrats is to expand access to contraceptive contraception and reinstate the right to an abortion. The Republican box does not say that. I think we know that they don't want that to happen. I'm not sure why we didn't say abolish uh, the right to an abortion. Uh, Colby, do you know why we didn't put that in the box? And we are talking about making some modifications in this since we're hoping to print 100,000 of these, but we have only had money to print 1,100 so far. Colby? Oh, yeah, I didn't want to uh, put, um, you know, I, I think we didn't put abortion in there because when we were putting bullet points, we were taking these bullet points directly out of the GOP platform document. Um, and uh, while abortion may have been mentioned in there, we only had so much space on here. Uh, now, we did mention that they want to abolish public school programs that expend, expand reproductive health care. And they want to abolish all welfare programs. So, uh, you know, they basically, it sounds like they want to flood the world with uh, neglected children who don't have welfare. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I, I think that's, that is exactly the narrative right there, Colby. Because those, that's, you remember what you said in the beginning, it's all about outcomes. And that's the outcome that we get, isn't it? Yes, uh, I think it's uh, by design, unfortunately. Okay, now let me let me just say that we are uh, we're running a bit on time right now, so I needed to ask you to run through the other numbers, and then I want I want uh, Ted to then close us out with some very important information. So tell us a little bit about immigration, a little bit about uh, uh, incarceration, and that sort of stuff that you have in the document. And by the way, folks, we will have this document along at, with the blog posts. On, of this program. Go ahead, uh, Colby. Okay, yeah, so I'll kind of just breeze through the rest of it here. Uh, with criminal justice, the incarceration rate, we found it's 56% uh, higher in Republican states than Democratic states, and Texas ranks 44th with 443 inmates per, uh, per 100,000 people. And um, some people may like that. Sounds yeah. like Again, by design. Um, uh, you know, I touched on hate crimes. Now, there's not a left and right comparison here, but I did just touch on the fact that uh, hate crimes have uh, reported hate crimes have increased 32 percent from 2020 to 2021, which is a disturbing number. Um, uh, with immigration, again, there's not really census data to really uh, I didn't have any census data to go with this, uh, but I did say uh, how 
uh, Governor Abbott wasted billions of dollars on failed border policies that didn't turn up a single arrest uh, while wasting uh, lots in uh, wasted materials. Uh, and also Trump's family separate se- the Trump's family separation policy, the kids in cages uh, removed 4,000 children from their families uh, without records. And the Biden administration reunific- reunification task force has reunited 3,000 children with their families and they're working on the remaining thousand. Uh, let's see here. Foreign policy, uh, basically the trade war with China that Trump started cost us, the U.S. taxpayers, $80 billion. Uh, regarding education, we have uh, a graduation. Wait, let me stop you one second there because I don't want you to gloss over one thing there. Uh, okay. Remember there were tariffs instituted and, 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 and Trump tried to fool his people into believing that somehow tariffs are paid by the companies who are being tariffed. In other words, the Chinese companies, et cetera. It was another tax on the American citizens. Just want to clarify that. Yes. It was let, me, tax let me also go ahead. Let me go point ahead. out under foreign policy, the democratic policy, as most people probably know, is to restore U.S. leadership in international institutions such as the United Nations, the Republicans want to withdraw from the United Nations. That's the kind of stuff that people will see when they look at this document. And those that have so far almost universally say this is interesting, which is one of our primary goals. It is really interesting. Okay, finish up for me on the gun policy, drug policy, and uh, and elections. All right. So, uh, yeah, gun violence is a big one. So, uh, you know, a lot of people like to use Chicago as an example of a city that's overrun with gun violence, and that's just um, a falsehood. That may have been true at another point in time, but the gun death rate is 62% higher in Republican states than it is in Democratic states. And uh, the number one city for gun violence was Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, okay, for uh, election turnout, uh, this is sad for Texas. Uh, We are ranked 44th in turnout uh, with 60.2% voter turnout. Uh, Democratic states on average have 70%. So the nice thing is Texas has room to improve. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And that improvement generally comes from where again? Uh, oh, where? The, I don't know. Hopefully the young people. I don't know. Young, so, exactly. Young people, et cetera, which, you, which are people who want more progressive values. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I think uh, that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to encourage more people to go out there and do it. Uh, and uh, yes, with energy... There's not really a comparison on the census uh, for energy, but we did me- mention the uh, the cost of the grid failure that we had, and um, we, we outlined some Democratic policies and Republican policies. Okay, well, l- let, me, let me ask you this, because we're coming down on time now, and uh, what I'd like to do is ask Ted to summarize uh, what do you intend to do with this document uh, how are you going to get some help with narrative? I mean, the document is absolute. The numbers are absolute. Now, what has to go with a document like this 
is a, a narrative. In, in other words, the people that are going to go out there and really inform not a whole bunch of Democrats, but a whole bunch of people so that they can decide if they what they want, if, if whose policies they really want. What's what's the plan? Ted. I don't want to overlook at the very beginning of this document, we put in writing the preamble to the U.S. Constitution so people understand the fundamental reason this country exists. And in the preamble, one of the key phrases is promote the general welfare. I think the Democrats want to do that. The Republicans are oblivious to it. But what we plan to do is we are going to be going where people are, whether it's uh, public events like Miller Outdoor Theater or restaurants, movie theater lines. Well, that's not the case any longer, but maybe Jones Hall and just where people congregate and college campuses for sure, probably high school campuses as well. And we are going to give these to people because we have found out that people who read this uh, or even just begin reading it, find it fascinating. We include the party platforms of both the Democrats, which is shorter, and the Republican, which is longer, but it says in the Republican platform, and we print this, we recognize that human nature is immutable. Immutable means it cannot change. That's what the Republicans think. I don't agree. I don't think Colby uh, agrees with that. And we want people to understand that we think we can advance change just by putting these two different uh, perspectives on a sheet of paper or eight sheets of paper. We ran this by the chair of the Harris County Democratic Party. And initially he said, we'll just create a two sheet document front and back. Um, we tried to do that and we said, it really doesn't work. So we ended up with this eight page document. And when we showed it to him, he said, you're right. Let's run with this thing. And so we are. Very good job. Colby, give me a closer. Uh, well, uh, if you get to the end of the document, it says, in order to make a better Texas, vote Democratic. So get involved. You can volunteer. You can donate. There was more than one way to donate. And if you get involved, there's uh, lots of clubs all over Harris County so people uh, can, can find their local Democrats and find their neighbors that they have something in common with. Well, let, let me just tell you guys, when I saw this document, this wasn't, I didn't see this document as a, uh, more than a, a democratic document, I saw this document as a humane people's document. What people need to do if they want to move forward in their lives. I think uh, the amount of work that uh, both of you have put into this is a service not only to Harris County, not only to Texas, but to the entire country. So this document, as far as I'm concerned, is not a document solely for Texas. It's a national document. And I think you guys have done a, an excellent job uh, of putting this together. And I will do myself my utmost best to get uh, get this out there as well, of course, with your directions. Uh, thank you so kindly for having appeared on Politics Done Right. Uh, this is This is very important work. You guys have a great rest of your day.
Thank you, Alberto. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.